Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Tech Central. How are you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio in association with Fidelity Investments. We are the number one Irish tech podcast, bringing you news in tech from around Ireland and across the world. You can hear Tech Radio on air with RTE Friday evenings or anytime you like with your favourite Apple, Google or Spotify podcasting apps. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, do leave us a five star rating. We also keep you up to date daily on all things tech with hourly updates and daily newsletters, which you can grab for free at techcentral.com. Now, believe it or not, for the 823rd time, let me welcome Niall Kitson. How are you? Not too bad. Live and direct from the COVID kitchen. Uh, yes, indeed. It's, it's, do you know what? Everybody's kind of talking about the COVID and working from home. Mm-hmm. And some people can't wait to get back to the office and some people are quite happy to work from home. Which, which camp are you in? I'm, in? I'm actually in the quite happy to work from home camp. I have to say, I I mean, I've gotten over the, okay, this is nice for a few days. Can I hack it for a few months stage? You know, the answer is yes, I absolutely can. Uh, Even though I'm working from a less than ideal environment, I've found my concentration is very okay. Um, I'm not as, I'm not distracted by water cooler banter. Um, Now, I mean, the downside is that I don't get to properly ferment ideas with my co-workers, I don't get that element of serendipity where you go, do you know what? That's a really good point. You know, mm. that, there's there's a story in that or, you know, there's something I should chase down in that. You don't get that, which is certainly something I miss. Mm. But in terms of output, um, no, no problem whatsoever. You can work away. I, I'm, mm. I'm the same, you know, kind of working from home, but I do prefer that mix to have a professional arena where you can go in and work. And I think after this, the way I would like to do it is to work from home two or maybe three days a week. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Definitely two days from home, definitely two days from the studio and have mm-hmm. a floating day where right. I, may, I may go for a walk in the park. Yeah. <laughs> or you a- might schedule meetings or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant by a walk in the park, of course. Oh, right. <laughs> Didn't know that was code. <laughs> Let's get into tech news for this week and there is only one story and that's WWDC with Apple my first question uh, did you did you watch it or did you just catch up with the uh, all the blog posts afterwards no I watched it and I was actually quite entertained by it were you yes and no Okay. Uh, you, all the swooshes and the transitions didn't uh, didn't ring your bell. It was no, it was extremely professional and it was great to see around the campus and stuff like that, but it just felt a little it felt a little dead. And it's the same way like, you know, I don't know if you watch Graham Norton or any of the chat shows or or whatever uh, on TV and there's no audience. It just it kills it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I think it was the same thing with uh, now what they did was brilliant and it was high quality and it was extremely well. So, you know, 10 out of 10 for that. But just to kind of miss the audience a bit, like, you know, you you miss those whooping morons that they let in the building. <laughs> well, actually, no, it's WWDC. It's people that paid a lot of money to be there. Well, does that make them double morons? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, it just means that they're a bit more invested than, you know, technology <laughs> journalists who should be a little bit more critical. But it's like, you know, kind of, it must be like watching a band or something on, on, on stage and you see all these performers doing their YouTube gigs and you just miss the fans. 
So no, yeah, I do. mean, you know, we might be whooping morons is a terrible thing to say, but at the same time, we miss them. That they are the people who actually make Apple. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I mean, if you watch back to any of the great big Apple reveals, contrast the the iPod one that was very sterile and it had a very small audience with the iPhone reveal or the Apple II reveal, and just the level of devotion is uh, is quite astounding. Anyway, listen. Let's you talk. Get that round here. I tell you that much. Let's let's talk about what they announced. What uh, what hit mm. your radar? Okay. Well, top top of the list, and this was expected, but still very nice to see. Uh, Apple are moving on to doing their own chips, so they've gone from PowerPC to Intel to uh, silicon, which is what they're they're calling their own chips. Uh, it will take a two year transition to go from uh, Intel to ARM exclusively. And uh, do you know what? If you went out and you bought a new Apple 13 inch MacBook Pro, how sick must you be feeling right now to to know that maybe you held off for a few years? You've gone and you've invested in the or actually any Mac laptop Mm. in the last while, any MacBook, because, you know, you were just on the cusp of this massive innovation to the extent that now we are seeing uh, a return of Rosetta uh, to actually make apps developed for Intel Macs work on uh, ARM Macs. And we have, and we might mention this later, uh, a new version of Mac OS and new versions of Adobe Suite and Microsoft Office that are designed specifically for Mac OS on ARM. So I mean, you can't understate the magnitude of this mm. shift. What is going to be the advantage then for me or to the customer uh, moving to ARM? Speed, speed. Um, apparently 50% faster than the existing Intel Max. So performance straight away. They're also talking a, an awful lot about um, uh, machine learning performance as well. So Maybe, you know, these are interesting directions that Apple are going to go, whether that means that they also, as part of the demonstration, showed some Tomb Raider stuff. I think it was in 4K uh, and just going, look, this is this is what we can do. And, you know, this is what our what the performance on our uh, new chips is going to look like. So, yeah, I, I think. That's that's what we're looking at, a new mm. reality of Apple, maybe upping their their game in gaming. Um, but uh, I mean, there's a few other things to do at Mac OS. That's that's the big thing, though. Apple Silicon, they're making their own chips. There's a two year timeline uh, and during which things will gradually mm. ebb over from uh, Intel to ARM chips and you know, you know the 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 process starts now. All the developers that were there were given, uh, or the developers that signed up were are going to be sent out Mac Minis with all the the necessary gubbins hmm. and uh, software inside to actually get developing apps specifically for ARM chips. So it's happening, and you know it's it's happening relatively quickly. Can you imagine being one of those developers, like actually being at the conference and then getting, you know, a Mac Mini with all of this new code on it? I mean, if that's your thing, it must be like Christmas for them. 
Well, well, if you're sitting at home and you're waiting for your delivery. Yeah. Oh, wow, absolutely. Okay, so 50% improvement in speed. Now, I'm, I use Macs. Uh, video editing will be one of the things. And if you're telling me it's got a 50% improvement in speed when I'm rendering video, wow. Wow. I will bite your arm off for that. Yeah, they showed some 4K stuff being edited as well. And, you know, no lag. It's and you can edit in real time Mm. in terms of dragging and dropping extra footage and that sort of thing. It's it's pretty incredible stuff. So, yeah, any sort of media producer, the rest, you know, the rest of inverted commas us, you know, if you're into just office, uh, office and productivity apps and that sort of thing, Probably not a not a big deal. But if you're into gaming, if you're into media production, these this is the technology that might finally lure you over to the dark side. All right. Uh, tell me about app clips. App clips. Yeah. Now, you were very quick to draw a comparison with something similar in Android. But here's the idea with an, with app clips. You go into a store and there's a special offer on something. Maybe something is half price for a limited time only, but you have to buy it through the app. What an app clip does is, is it's a little code, like a little QR box. You scan it and it will give you only the part of the app that you need. So only the part of the app that is responsible for dealing with this offer, there's an Apple Pay logo on it. You click that, it pays through Apple Pay. And you know, what? if you want to download the rest of the app, that becomes an option. But it, it gets so it'll take away that whole thing. If you walk into somewhere and it says download our app and you think I'm not waiting five or six minutes for an app to do- download and set up an account and all this kind of nonsense and mm. um, app clips get away from that completely. Just scan. Here's the bit of the app that you need. Pay, whatever. You're done. You want to download the rest of the app? Okay, you can do that after you're finished. Very convenient, it's fair to say. Uh, Well, it is a popular... um, I I, I saw one person who was doing a review of all the announcements at... um at WWDC and they were kind of funny because they said they were talking about app clips and you can do this and they went and it's very like another operating system. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so listen, I'm just going to, we're going to be positive about what Apple have announced, but I'm just acknowledging that. All right. Um, yes. The app library now you were impressed with as well. Yeah. Uh, to a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, uh, we both have phones that I confidently say have numerous pages of apps on them whether they get used or not is another thing but um, very often you might have to swipe through a couple of pages to get to an app that you really want either it's something you don't use very often or um, something that you downloaded and just haven't bothered moving on to your onto your home page what uh, app library does is it effectively just puts all your apps together in a single scrolling page and gets rid of multiple pages. Now, I mean, your multiple pages are still going to be there. Don't get me wrong. It's just a different way of displaying your apps in categories that are automatically um, decided. Right. So say you've got three games spread over three different games. If you you use App Library, you might have a folder that just says games and all your three games are there in the one place. And you said that you can scroll down. So essentially what you've got, you've got folders of related apps. So I could have all my, this is what I do on my phone. Anyway, I have all my news apps Mm -hmm. in one folder um, and I've got all my music apps in another, my video apps in another. Uh, So Apple will do this automatically. Yeah. And then if you have too many folders, you scroll down the screen instead of swiping left or right. Instead of swiping left or right. And everything is gathered together by... Uh, by theme or whatever category your iPhone thinks is relevant. Hmm. 
Okay. Okay. Well, that's that's another big improvement. Um, now, uh, you are a creator and the tablet and stuff like that is a big part of your life. Um, and of course, with Apple and any of those tablets, actually, a pencil is very important. So uh, Apple Pencil also. Apple Pencil got something that is really amazing. And the sort of thing that uh, for a lot of people, I think it would push it into killer app territory. What you'll be able to do with an Apple Pencil from the next version of uh, iPad OS and the new Apple Pencil is not only will you be able to make notes in handwriting, that's fine, we do that already, it will recognise your handwriting and turn it into text. So you can write, you know, our website is www.techcentral.ie, write it out on, you know, using your handwriting, copy, select, paste into your browser, it turns into regular text, off you go. And how did they present this in the uh, in the video presentation? Did they say and as if by magic? I Look don't it, think the word magic was. Oh, right, okay, used. they were they were a little bit more conservative, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was an awful lot of enthusiasm though, uh, <laughs> of course. and why not? I think it's a great feature. Um I certainly would like it if I was mm. into that. I mean, if you're in an, an industry that requires a lot of notation, yeah. Um, like say you're working with scripts a lot and you just put notes arbitrarily on things. This is absolutely fantastic. Uh, that you will just be able to copy paste, maybe put it into a note or something like that for for later. Um, and being able to copy paste and use as a URL or regular text to put into mm. a Word document or something like that. Um, I think this is an absolutely fantastic feature. Uh, game changer. Yeah. Why not? Let's call it that for the moment. <laughs> if, if you wish. Now, listen, finally, uh, going back to the ARM processors, OK, yeah. uh, there is a, another advantage of having ARM on your desktop because it already exists in the tablets and the phones. It does. Yeah. And this is a debate that we had, I think, a couple of years ago, uh, how the three Apple OSs are becoming more like each other. And would we be moving to a common platform? Uh, The the answer is yes and no. Um, One thing that we will be getting as part of Mac OS blank fixer is um, you will have the capability to run iOS and iPad OS apps within Mac OS. Now, that's good. That's very good. And that's something we've been calling for for a while. Mm. So um, that's that's a pretty huge change Mm. and an inevitable change, I think, certainly based on our conversations anyway. The appetite is certainly there for it. Well, when you look at the amount of time we spend on our phones, and I, I actually do a lot of work on, on my phone, as in like I'm looking around and I'm reading things and whatever. Um, mm. So to be able to just kind of, you know, go seamlessly from the phone to the desktop is, it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a good can, thing. Can I mention a couple of things very quickly then, because I know we're short for time. One of them is CarPlay, where you will be able to ditch your car key and use your iPhone instead using NFC technology. Okay. Um, you basically, you know, phone up to car, car opens, there's a pad in the car, put phone on pad, car starts. Wonderful. Okay. You can also generate temporary car keys or generate car keys in general and send them to whoever you want to use the car. Uh, you can also shut down car keys. So if your phone gets robbed, you could shut down your car key remotely. Now that is forward thinking, isn't it? It I w- is. I wonder if Elon Musk had a hand in that one. <laughs> Do you know what? If we start seeing, uh, well, yeah, 
Listen, let's, let's move on from there. I've got, I've got two really quick things because we want to get into our uh, interview for yep. this week. But firstly, a lot of people didn't notice. So let me just point out that the uh, the Mac OS system is not Mac OS 10 point whatever. They've actually moved upgrade and Big Sur is actually Mac OS 11. As teased. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And then the other one, and this is very 2020. All right. If you have an Apple Watch, all right, they've now uh, done an update so that it will automatically detect when you are washing your hands and yep. show you a countdown for the recommended length to wash your hands to keep you safe from COVID-19. Very 2020. Also worth uh, bringing attention to for the announcement was the absolutely ridiculous dance routines that they have added to uh, to watch. And <laughs> I don't know, watch these things to believe them. Uh, I know, I know. All right, listen, Niall, thanks for uh, keeping us up to date on what is uh, happening. Of course, you get the more on uh, WWDC and of course, everything that's been happening in tech in Ireland on the website at techcentral.ie. Thank you to Niall. Also, I'd like to take this opportunity to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, who I mentioned at the top of the programme, Fidelity Investments. As we all know, times are really uncertain. But your job doesn't have to be. With Fidelity Investments, they're hiring for tech roles in Ireland and you can apply now at fidelityinvestments.ie to virtually join this global leader in fintech innovation from the safety of your own home. If you're interested, check out the website. It's fidelityinvestments.ie. This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. Now, how do you take an idea in a lab or a workshop and make it into a viable business? Conor McNally is Startup and Business Development Manager at the ADAPT Centre for Research into Digital Content. And he sat down with Niall Kitson to explain how to help a project turn a profit. What do you find are the main challenges of taking an academic mindset and turning it into a more commercial mindset? I know. Yeah. So I guess there's lots of things going on in respect to that. Um, I think a commercial, um, an academic mindset is always around furthering the, the area of research of is there possibilities for more academic papers and that kind of thing. And then, to marry that with a more commercial mindset, it's about commercial mindset is more about impact. Where can this be of value to somebody? So those two things can can cause conflict. They're they're not very often. They're not um, together. And I like to think of of there's a phrase called being outside in as opposed to inside out. I think sometimes the the academic mindset is to to be inside out, whereas you've developed stuff internally and then you want to kind of put that out to the world. Very often to achieve impact, you need to be the other way around. You need to start from where this can have impact, the outside, where real industry might have a problem, where customers might have a problem, and then reflect that in and then shape what you have to meet that as, as opposed to trying to push yours outside and make the world shape to what you have. That's a much harder thing to do. So I think that's kind of the goal. Um, and to do that, it's really through workshops and, and bringing uh, – academic people, commercial people, industry partners, people who actually experience the problem uh, into a room together and and workshop it out uh, to mould and shape it into a way where it's directed towards where it'll have real impact. So looking then at that process, say you have an idea 
uh, and you decided that, okay, I would like to target certain academic um, either sponsors or collaborators or whatever. What kind of um, open door do you find? Do you find large businesses, multinationals are more receptive maybe to ideas than you would have thought? Uh, or is is there sort of a kind of a standoffishness there that maybe they go, look, we do an awful lot of our research in-house. It's nice that you've approached us, but really we've got our own people working on this. Yeah, I think it's it, it's very. There would be certain companies that that ha- have a lot in house, but then there there is a lot that wouldn't, particularly around the kind of capabilities that are that are in adapt. You know, around machine learning, computer vision, things like NLP, which can help you search and read documents. Um, so these these kind of technologies are are difficult to hire for, or difficult to build up internal capabilities. So there would always be a lot of interest in in these and. I think I like to explain it as in existing workflows, there's there's a lot of manual work that can go on, whether you're reading something, um, speaking something, trying to search for something, maybe translating. All of these things are are manual and in many regards can start to be replaced by technology. And that's where, where a lot of the opportunity to engage with a, with a DAP center is. It's kind of that fusing the physical world or, or manual work with technologies in, in ways that either replace them or greatly accelerate and enhance them to, to, to do not just more efficient job, to do, to do a better job as well. One of the problems I would imagine that comes across when you're getting academics to work with industry partners is the attitude towards failure. You were talking there about the difference between inside out and outside in. The academic will often be happy to learn more through failure than through success, whereas the commercial partner, I imagine, sees an idea and they want to see it through to a, a product or something that can be monetized. How do you reconcile those two mindsets? Yeah, well, I think, you know, we always want to have impact as well. So a, a key part in, in setting expectations and also in shaping an, a, a project at the outset is to look for what are the things we're like, what dials are we trying to move here? What impact are, are, are we looking for? And, yeah, and sometimes with research, you know, it may, there, there needs to be an acceptance that this there's a feasibility aspect to some of these. Um, sometimes a project, we just know it will have impact. Other times we're, we're testing to see if it will have that impact. We're not 100% sure. So I think it's about the setting expectations up front around the reality of the situation we'll we'll say whether we've we've got proof of this is very likely to to achieve the goals that you want or in another instance it'll be this is more a feasibility type project where there could be massive gains to be had but we don't know and we need to to uh, experiment and, and see if the dials actually do move for you so it's about really shaping that up front and and understanding where a potential value could be created i guess I suppose one of the challenges to understanding where value can be created is that difference between the pre-COVID and the post-COVID world, where I imagine you have projects or ideas that might have been rejected previously, all of a sudden either have a a different focus or you could literally pull them out of the bag and go, do you know what, that was actually a good idea. Or you have existing projects pivoting to see how they can have better applications post-COVID. Are you finding that at the moment? Yeah, I mean, there's been, you know, a, a huge amount of activity uh, around COVID and to, to direct our capabilities to that. And I think from what we discussed around that whole thing is uh, with technology, uh, like COVID enhances that and accelerates that. 
Um, particularly, there's a lot of opportunity, you know, around e-commerce and anything that, that boosts that. Um, there's opportunity in, and, and some of our uh, startup teams that are on the path to being spinner companies uh, would be in that space um, around recommender engines for for online uh, sellers, um, around you know sizing technology to help you find the right size clothes online as opposed to have to go into the shop and try them on. You know we'd have projects around telemedicine, so you know so let's say a, a physio app that that helps you know give you uh, the exercises and things you need to do and monitor you remotely so all of these the opportunity for those has been greatly accelerated and heightened as 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 a result of covid so you've alluded there to some of the projects that, that are ongoing can you tell us a little bit more about a few of the things that m- maybe are particularly eye-catching at the moment yeah there's, there's there's a lot i mean like within within the uh startup teams that we've won called move ahead that is is very exciting very relevant for today so um, it's for uh, making screen time more active. So there's some scary statistics around kids, you know, 50% can't run properly or kick a ball properly or jump properly and things like that, all because it's just too much screen time and, and not being active enough. And, uh, and this has been accelerated by COVID. I think all our kids are having too much screen time just so we can work from home and things like that. So Move Ahead enables games and things instead of using a controller you actually use your body and and control games and interact with games uh, by, by movement which is a, a very exciting opportunity to 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 improve things there and um, so that, that's that's one of the, the exciting ones i'd mention i think another one that uh, really caught my attention as well when it comes when it comes to capturing sporting events uh, post-COVID was a, a company called Arama. So if you can tell me a little bit about what they're working on. Yeah, so they, again, it's about replacing ma- human manual work. So this is uh, to replace camera operators at football games. So to, to film a football game, you typically need you know, camera crew, minimum of about four cameramen um, and then an additional crew to, to put all together. So that's a serious expense to do that. So the Dirama project is is to actually replace all of that with just one camera, the uh, 360 type camera that can get all the angles and views, and and send them back to a director to to edit the the football game and put it together. So you're replacing a lot of manual work there. But where this enhances it, like it's not just about replacing. It means that you know a lot of lower budget games that couldn't get televised can now, with that, could be televised. I think in League of Ireland, out of the 230 or 40 games, only, you know, 40 get televised. So in theory, by reducing that cost, every game could be could be televised, which is good for the game. It's good for, you know, the players and all the rest of it. So and there, you know, there's other brackets, uh, women's football, the lower leagues, all of that kind of thing could be greatly enhanced by technology when you think about it in, in those terms. So just lastly... Where do you see the general trends emerging when it comes to projects uh, in, in Adapt? Are there any particular technologies that are kind of in vogue at the moment? Some that are, are sort of um, lapsing out of fashion. Uh, what, what is of particular interest at the moment? Yeah, I think that like, there's there's a number of areas. So computer vision um, is is a hot area, and like so the Rama project is, is computer vision. So there's a lot going on in that space. We've we've a number of startup teams working in that space. Um, 
NLP is another one. So NLP enables you to read documents and extract meaning from documents. So you think of anything to do with search. So search is, is, is such a big task for so many, many companies. And sometimes it's, it's a very skilled uh, job for people. You think of legal search, you think of patent searches. And uh, we've one of our startups uh, tackling what's called pharmacovigilance, which is to, to monitor uh, medical literature on any adverse events that happen from pharmaceutical drugs. So again, that is a task that, you know, expert researchers have to go and do. And the reality is, you know, NLP and machine learning can, can re- to a large extent, replace that or enhance those tasks um, to re- you know, return faster and better quality information. So anything around search or understanding documents or reading documents is, is a hot area. And again, just, just machine learning in general, any, you know, like data, everyone wants to do more with their data, um, manage their data, uplift their data. So there's, there's, a, there's a phrase called uplift of data. And what that means is your data very often is not being fully utilized or it can be linked to other sources of data that greatly enhance it. Um, and we can also do that. And then on top of that, build the machine learning and insights that, that drive it forward. So there's massive opportunities around that as well. And that was Niall Kitson chatting with Conor McNally from the Adapt Centre for Research into Digital Content. That's it for our show this week. Just before we go, remember, times, as I said, are uncertain, but your job doesn't have to be. Fidelity Investments are hiring for tech roles in Ireland. You can apply at fidelityinvestments.ie to virtually join a global leader in fintech innovation from the safety of your own home. Their website is fidelityinvestments.ie. Of course, on our own website, you can get the local down on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more at our website techcentral.ie or listen to us each week online or Fridays on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1X. Next time, from myself Dusty Rhodes and from Niall Kitson, thanks so much for listening and have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com Thanks for